Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. everybody and welcome to today's chat on Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Um, today we're continuing our exploration into the five essentials for workplace mental health and well-being from the U.S. Surgeon General's framework that um, has been getting a lot of buzz and press and all those wonderful things. Which petal are we looking at today, Jenny? It's the second petal which is all about connection and community. I'm not going to enjoy this one at all. (laughs) (laughs) Liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) You're correct. You're correct. Does anyone who knows Jenny and I for the last uh, many episodes, I think this has featured quite heavily this importance of connection and community and the two human needs associated with this are social support and belonging. And I mean, if you only look at one petal, for me, this is the one. Absolutely. I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah. This is the one where you can make so much impact by just being human, really, I think I would say. (laughs) So Jenny, connection and community, tell me why for you this is so important. I think it's particularly important because we don't work in isolation. We work Mm. with other people Mm. Um, even if we're working remotely we tend to be working as part of a team Mm -hmm. and so it's really important to us because we are social beings yeah to form strong interpersonal connections with other people especially our working colleagues and our supervisor our boss or whoever else as well as our clients Mm -hmm. and I think this has been brought home to me when people have shared when they've been dealing with really tough times you know they're struggling at work yeah maybe just feeling a bit overwhelmed or there's somebody that's giving them a bit of grief and they're finding it really difficult to work out Mm. how to navigate through that sort of quagmire and in those conversations when I ask, well, what's what's the one thing that would make the biggest difference for you to know how to survive during that really tough time? Mm-hmm. They always say the same thing. It's having someone who shows their care, whether it's someone who comes up and gives them a big hug and says, is everything all right? Or if it's someone who just you know asks if they can support you in some way, it's knowing that They care about you as a fellow human being. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's all you need to know that they care to get through that tough time. And I think the better we get at building that awareness for ourselves as well as for our colleagues, Mm -hmm. the stronger those, those bonds of connection become, the stronger that sense of safety the stronger the sense of belonging. Yeah. All of that contributes to, yes, I want to stay in this space because I'm supported, I'm looked after, I'm respected and valued, and it makes me want to be there. I love that. I love all of those words, Jenny. And isn't that just how we all want to feel? Yeah. Not just at work, but that's just full stop. That's how we all want to feel. 
Yeah. I was saying to you, I was in Paris. I was at one of the Salesforce conferences. So Salesforce has a huge, huge community, which they foster. It's called the Trailblazer community. And it's all people who are in that workspace. We call it the ecosystem. I would say every talk I saw, the opening keynote across the board, the people, the connection. It's an incredibly successful business. And I believe it's incredibly successful because of the community it fosters. So we need this as humans. Again, this idea that work and life are separate, I hope, is, is going away. I think creating connection, building our communities at work, right? For me, communities, those are our tribes at work, right? We spend more of our life at work. The other huge thing about this one for me is that high support is the antidote to high workload. And we know high workload is the number one cause of stress and burnout. For sure. So if you have exactly what you described in your workplace, obviously people need to tackle the high workload. However, when there is high workload, which there often is, getting together with a great group of people And knowing everyone's there to support you or there to help you, it gets you through. It gets you to thrive. It brings you into this thriving space we so often talk about getting to. When you've had it, when you know it, it just makes so much sense. Absolutely. And I think that's probably true for many of us because we move from in between different jobs and different roles. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you will have had experience of being in some positions where there wasn't as strong a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was harder work to really find that sort of connection or relatedness with other people. And it can be quite hard work. You have to dig quite deep sometimes to find it. Oh, yeah. Especially when people <laughs> are a little bit reticent. Maybe maybe they've been sort of a bit fearful almost mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. forward and share, you know, who they are, what they're about, et cetera, et cetera, because it hasn't been done before. Yeah. And so that can be a very different situation from Another position where everybody comes together, is very inclusive, and you find yourself with a social diary that's sort of back-to-back full of activities and things that you can do outside work with your work colleagues because they become your friends. And as you and I have discussed in the past, having a friend at work makes the biggest difference of all. Absolutely. Somebody that you know you can um, chat to or just have a bit of a whinge about something. Exercise that chimp brain. Absolutely. You know, those conversations with those people, they talk you out of your crazy tree. You talk them out of their crazy tree. I mean, the number of times that, you know, you can be on a conference call and the great thing about working from home and then having a side conversation when things go crazy. (laughs) Are you seeing this? Are you hearing this? I mean, it's lovely (laughs) to be connected in that way. (laughs) But yeah, this connection. And I think that the point that you made about us being social creatures Mm. feels to me like we're still stopping serving our basic human fundamental needs when we get to work, aren't we? Yeah, very often. Like we can't be human. We have to go and be automated machines who produce things. And that's just not what life is about for me. So this piece is just, it's everything for me. It's, and I think, you know, it leads on from the first pillar we talked about, the psychological safety, you know, Mm. and the first thing you need is to feel included and to belong, right? So the, the first area they talk about is cultures of inclusion and belonging. And how do you create those? So what's the best tip you have, Jenny, for creating a 
a culture of inclusion and belonging? I think one of the biggest tips I'd like to share is the need to be your real, authentic self, because so often Mm. people go to work, you know, you put your uniform on, don't you? your corporate gear or whatever it is you were mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. And we have this facade, a professional facade, mm. which can get in the way of real connection. If you're having yeah. to maintain that that image of uh, perfection or, you know, the professional person, whatever, it, whatever. <laughs> it, it means you don't have that emotional flexibility uh, or latitude to, to really yeah. be uh, totally self-aware as well as aware of what's going on for other people. So I think if we can get better at taking the mask off, and I know if you've been doing it for years, it's tricky. <laughs> you might not even think of it as a mask, may you? And you might not think of it as a mask. But I think if you if you recognise that the person you are in the work at work is different from the person you are elsewhere, that incongruence yeah. is not necessarily serving you well. I mean, I guess that in certain circumstances that facade or mask or whatever we like to call it can be protective if you're in mm-hmm. an unsafe environment yeah. but I think what we're looking yeah. at here is genuine connection with other people and I think it's about sharing your own vulnerability and just being open and honest with people you know if you stuff up you share well I've stuffed up here can can anybody help me resolve this issue what now? have I done yeah <laughs> please help me <laughs> yeah I want to share a really like total side anecdote, which I just experienced myself. So I've been working in a digital team and one of my with one of my contracts and all different people, different companies work really well together. We're pretty close to finishing the project and we'd been connecting from different countries and all sorts. And we all happen to be in the same place. And one of the members of the team suggested we go and sing karaoke. Now, This is not necessarily in my comfort zone, but I'm like, okay, Jenny, let me tell you, and anyone who's listening, talk about creating vulnerability and psychological safety like that. Oh my goodness. I couldn't be closer to those people from that one hour that we had absolute joy. What is more vulnerable than singing in front of people? I don't know that there's a lot else. (laughs) You might as well be taking your clothes off, right? <laughs> I was just about to say that, Sarah. I was thinking, oh, my goodness, the only thing I could think of that would be probably more challenging is exactly that, stripping off, yeah. being stark naked with everybody. Yeah, with everyone, yeah. So don't do that. Just go to a karaoke bar. And it was beautiful. They organized it. So you were in a private room. So whilst you were vulnerable, it was around people you knew. Uh-huh. I would never have thought of that as an exceptional team building or group connection exercise. And now I'm going to recommend it everywhere. <laughs> Just the level of trust that gets built. Again, you're having a bit of fun, right? You're being a little bit silly, but then singing in front of people because, and, and most of us, by the way, were myself included, were terrible singers. Was it recorded? No. <laughs> I think that's also an important part of this. Don't make recordings of it. What happens in the booth stays in the booth. (laughs) But yes, just just my little aside there. Having seen something on all the levels that we always talk about in, in, in a very small instance, just that one hour of time will have bonded those people and myself with them in an exceptional way. Exceptional way. And and I guess it's because you're all in the same boat. You're 
I mean, yeah. I imagine everybody was feeling somewhat uncomfortable with the prospect of yeah. Absolutely. But you shared in the struggle and it's that sharing of what the heck are we doing here? <laughs> and then everyone else was singing along with you. That brings you together. Lovely. You know, a bit like when we talked about the dancing and the performance and how that helps connect people. Singing is something that we know connects people. It's really good for a lot of our, our physical health. It does, you know, it does things like regulates our heart. Is that am I right in thinking that? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I just make that up? Um, <laughs> you know, it's why choirs and and you know why people have always kind of sung together. So, yeah, I, I recommend it. And it leads into this beautiful cultivating trusted relationships is the next part of this connection and community. How do we get people to trust us? We're vulnerable. Yeah. So we trust them. Yeah. Right. I think one of the challenges we have currently, mm. courtesy of COVID, mm-hmm. because COVID has been such a game changer in so many areas of our lives and work. It's made it possible for us to work more from home. Mm -hmm. And for many people, that's been an absolute blessing because they love being in their own space and having that freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. As suits them, that great flexibility. But there are so many people, especially in these very large global organizations, where they are continually onboarding new employees. Yeah. And because everybody is working remotely, mm. it's a very different experience to try and connect with your other team members when you never meet face to face. You meet on you know, virtual platforms, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when you've never physically met, and that may include your boss or your supervisor as well, I think the challenge for us is to know what works to help us to form those connections. Yeah. At a meaningful level, because I know I find it harder. It's harder work when you're on a screen. I mean, you can have some great conversations. We have great conversations all the time, Sarah, don't we? I know. It's (laughs) kind of our job, right? (laughs) But depending on the person and their personality, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for those, you know, in leadership positions, especially in the managers to be really looking for ways to ensure that everybody is feeling that sense of inclusion and belonging. Yeah. And I do think it's a, it's a harder task rather than somebody rolling up to be onboarded and welcome, 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 and here's where you take your lunch break and we'll make sure you get coffee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. uh, I think we just yeah. need to be mindful. And I think we all learned from COVID as well because of the lockdowns, just how isolating being on your own away from other people can feel so I think we've we've learned that lesson but now we've just got to get really good at relearning how to build that connection again it's that we have to get really good and I, I was speaking to someone again at the conference yesterday we've done all the kind of virtual this and virtual that and how do we do it and we talked through, you know, what's working, what isn't. And it, and it is those times when we're sharing things. My guess, and I don't have any science to back this up, just experience, is you almost have to create the more vulnerable sharing experiences online. Because things like virtual drinks, there's some barriers for me. Yes. Again, you don't end up having the one-to-one chat over here. And if there's too many people in the room, I get the feeling like virtual karaoke might kind of work. That might be fun, you know, but... 
doing something that yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should try it. Um, but you know, making time for fun because laughter takes people out of fight or flight, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Having fun gets your curiosity, gets your play, gets your fun. Being playful is this kind of highway to a positive and trusting relationship. Yeah. If I've had a laugh with you, there's some trust starting to be built. If we have a shared silly experience, then we have something else to talk about. We have something else that connects mm-hmm. us other than the fact that we're working on a project together. So I, th- I think that's great. And I love, I love this quote, which is, you know, old, but it's still lovely from Ingvar Kamprad, the founder of Ikea. Work should always be fun for all colleagues. We all only have one life. A third of life is work and without fun, work becomes hell. This is our lives, right? Yeah, we're living our life. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless of where we are, we're living our life. Yeah. In every given moment. And I think the other thing that can be really helpful for strengthening bonds between people is to show appreciation and to celebrate mm. those small wins oh, so that, yeah. you know, if, if it's something that you're not actually physically in the room together, you can still celebrate. Mm-hmm. And you know how many people now start meeting where everybody has to share something good that's happened yeah. or a small win that they've, they can acknowledge yeah. so that everybody then goes, well, congratulations, that's brilliant. And it's not to be facetious or anything like that. It's a genuine connection to hear what you've been up to, what you've been doing, and to go, well done you for for making that happen. And that automatically makes you think, oh, I did a thing. Somebody, you feel seen, (laughs) don't you? You feel seen, appreciated, you feel valued. And I think Mm. this whole, again, that builds trust. Those are the strands of trust. Somebody knows that the work I'm doing is important. I feel connected to them and to my purpose. Like you said, it's not facetious and it's not about saying things that aren't true. Right now, I think it's really hard for people to see any of the joys in life. It's quite a hard time here in the UK. It is. It is very tough. Yeah. And the other thing in light of that is that I think we also have to be a bit careful that if we try too hard mm-hmm. to push the happy let's all, you know, celebrate yeah. and sing. Yeah. If somebody's feeling traumatized in some way, mm-hmm. they can't see why you're doing that. And that can actually make them feel worse. Yeah. And this is where sort of understanding each other comes into play. Because when you know each other well enough, you can actually identify that somebody isn't okay and they might need a little bit of extra support. And you know that it's time just to pull back on the celebration piece and just Absolutely. say, what can I do to help? And it might be gratitude. I saw that happen in a group that yeah. we ran. Yeah. A lot of people, they could not see any joy in their week. But what happened was the whole group, because they've been working together for a while, shifted and they turned into gratitude and they just told each other what they were grateful for about them. Lovely. Because again, there's so many different facets of this. And I think it's really important what you yeah. said. So so that's one way I've seen it shift on its own, which was beautiful and, and had a lot of the same thing. So celebration or gratitude, right? They can both achieve what you're trying to achieve with different results. And the panel I was on yesterday, I was speaking with a very dear friend of mine who is in the late stages of terminal cancer. And she called that, I mean, she's so brave. Oh my God. Amazing. She called out, she said, I don't always want to hear people say, look on the bright side, look on the positive side. I'm dying of cancer. 
that sucks. <laughs> and she did. She's so beautiful. And it was just the perfect example. She's like, I want to be able to show up to my work colleagues and say, yeah, today's a really shit day. I'm, I don't have any positives today. And for no one to try to help her look for one, for everyone just to go, that that sucks. Yeah. To be validated, in other words. Absolutely. Yeah. To validate her pain and to say, yep, yeah, totally sucks. We hear you. Yeah. And then leave it like that. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks for us mm. and we love you. And you will have people at work in those struggles and going to work to keep themselves sane or focused, or that may be the thing for them. Yes. And you may have people who have had incredibly joyous and they all exist in the same space. And so we need to create the space for all of those things because what's Bob Ross say? You can't see the light without the dark. We need the space for those dark things to allow ourselves to have them and to feel them. Mm. And that's just so beautiful. So I guess part of the inclusion mm. piece is actually recognizing the diversity of experience and people yes. that, that we surround yes. ourselves with. And that's why I always tend to lump diversity and inclusion together yeah. because you can't really separate oh, them. And in order to be inclusive, you have to acknowledge the diversity. Uh-huh. And like you said, the diversity of experience, it's you know, the term intersectionality. That's a big word. It's a big word. But I think it's really important for us to think about Someone is not just a woman in tech or a person of color or an elderly worker or a Gen Z, right? They're, they're everything that they have experienced up until that point, as well as those things that help define us. And so only looking at one area does not create, like you said, that really diverse, complex depth of connection. It's like a woven thread, isn't it? Very much a woven thread. Yeah, this connection and community is you pull over here and who knows what gets pulled over there. And it was so beautiful to be able to sit in a space and have those conversations yesterday. And everyone was present. Mm. Nobody tried to pretend that that didn't belong in a workplace conference. And I think that's something to celebrate in itself. Absolutely. Sounds a very powerful conversation. It, yeah, it really was. It really was. Not nearly long enough, but... <laughs> <laughs> Like, like you said, when we're talking about threads, mm. the interconnectedness of ourselves with other people is, is like a web. Yeah. And certainly the research suggests that the stronger our web of multiple interconnections mm. and obviously much closer connections and some will be more distant mm-hmm. connections, but every single connection matters as much as the others. When we're talking about this particular sort of piece on connection, we need to remember that having people around us at work who lift our mood and our spirits and make us feel that we're safe in our environment to do what we've got to do, et cetera, et cetera, that's also going to influence when we go out of the workspace into the big world outside Mm -hmm whether we're doing our commute, whether we're in sort of doing sport or whatever it is. And then, of course, home, because everything that happens in one area in terms of our interconnectedness will influence the interconnectedness elsewhere as well. Like you said before, you know, we've we've got to get away from work or life. It's all one and the same. So building strong, positive relationships at work is going to have a flow-on effect to the other connections we have 
elsewhere and it's bi-directional isn't it 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 really is and i love that description of the web because if you think about a spider's web i'm going to bring it back to resilience Mm. this whole idea that resilience is about an individual is so wrong because it's that web Mm. that creates the resilience right so that if one of those strands happens to break you're fine you're buffeted you're supported You've got a hundred other points that are helping you. Mm. That is what a beautiful mm. uh, way to describe it and visual, Jenny. That's, um, and I don't even like spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that fond of spiders myself. I have to admit. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. I don't mind little spiders. I don't mind little ones, but I don't like the big, big fat furry Blech. ones. That sort of- <laughs> Trigger warning, we've talked about spiders. I apologize. <laughs> my There's a bit of arachnophobia going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, dear. The last point they talk about is fostering collaboration and teamwork. But I think we've really talked about that, you know, like just the incredible yeah. importance of this. And anyone who's worked in a great team, I don't mean like a good team or even just, I want to say not even a high performing team. But almost always a high-performing team has this extra something, this extra special bit, that bit that we talk about, I say magic all the time, I think you agree, and that's the connection and the community between those people. That's where the humaneness, the humanness of work is at its best. Totally. Mm. Yeah. I, I call it the X factor, really. <sighs> Yeah. Because when you when the team's got that X factor and you can feel it when you're with them, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that they are a highly effective team because they know each other, they care for each other, and they're looking out for each other all the way. Mm-hmm. There's always support there for whoever needs it at whatever time. And it just works beautifully because it allows people to sort of leave their ego behind because the focus is out onto. I want the best for the team, my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And it activates all those like those wonderful things like doing things for others is great for us. We feel great when we do things for other people. So it's almost like you stand with your back to all those things like ego and when people are kind of fighting each other and trying to get to the top on their own and backstabbing and all those awful things that we get in the workplace. But as a team, you know, you just see yourselves just drawing in the clothes together and creating this space of greatness. And I've worked in so many of them. I've been incredibly fortunate to be part of so many teams where that is the case. And other people look at your team and they go, what's going on over there? (laughs) What are you putting in your coffee? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the secret sauce, really, isn't it? (laughs) It's the secret sauce, of course. Plenty of good coffee. (laughs) But it was that simple. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful? So Jenny, connection and community. We've talked through a lot of things to do. What's your like top one or two tips for our listeners? If they aren't already, really rethink about how can you create more connection and community at work? I think it's really about seeking ways to be kind. Mm. When, When you just look out and know that you can just share a little drop of kindness with another person, you're actually making a big difference. And that then promotes the other person to also share a little bit more kindness. And so it grows from there. Yeah. Kindness and, and compassion. And I think, you know, when we show ourselves a little self kindness and self compassion, that is equally as valid too. So we mustn't sort of exclude ourselves from the mix. But I think being kind to others. What about you, Sarah? What What's your big tip to, to share with our listeners? I think it's 
in the hybrid world or the remote world or wherever you are, it is totally possible to create these really deep, meaningful connections. And Jenny, think about it. We last saw each other in what, January of 2019? Was it that long ago? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it is. It is that long yeah. ago. <laughs> I was like, was it 2018 or 2019? I think it was 2019. 2019. I believe we have such a deep connection. We take a moment before we record the podcast and we connect and we're really intentional about that. And in fact, a few times we have scheduled our podcast and actually just talked to each other, haven't we? Yes, we have. We never recorded anything. The secret's <laughs> out, man. <Matt>. Don't know. <laughs> we were better for it in the future. But this is right. So <laughs> creating the intention in the space when we're working in a space where we're not together, right? To do all the things that we've talked about. And it can't be anything less than the number one priority when you get together on a call. Everything else will happen. It will always happen, right? Everybody knows they're at work to do work. But the need to create and just give a moment for a laugh, for a silly conversation, or the stories you hear when you share something and you're vulnerable first that allows other people to be like that, that is power that that you cannot create any other way. So time and intention, as usual. I think that's my my thing that I say in every uh, episode, perhaps. <laughs> um, but it's only because it's just like mindfulness, like our our mind strays, it strays and, and we just need to bring it back to, to what's important. Uh, so thank you everybody for listening with us today. This is again, it's from the new framework, the workplace mental health and well-being, which is just so much of what we believe in. But we'd love to know what are you doing? What have you done? How are you creating connection and community? Let us know how the karaoke goes. We'd love some snippets of uh, beautiful team singing, even though we said don't record it. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for spending your time and intention with us today. Thanks so much, everybody, and we'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe. Stay happy and thrive in whatever you do.